Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. And joining us right now on Unpacking It is Ryan Hall. He is the American record holder for the half marathon and has the fastest marathon time ever run by an American with a PR of 2 hours, 4 minutes, and 58 seconds. He represented the United States at the 2008 and 2012 Olympic Games in the marathon. Ryan grew up in Big Bear Lake in Southern California. He attended Stanford and is currently retired from professional running. He's now a coach and a speaker, and he lives in Flagstaff, Arizona with his wife, Sarah, and their four adopted daughters from Ethiopia. He joins us to discuss his new book, Run the Mile You're In, Finding God in Every Step, and it's available April 16th. Ryan, glad to have you on today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show, Bryce. All right, man. Well, we got so much to, uh, to get into, and it's exciting about the, the new book, and, and I want to start, though, in kind of the, the fascinating aspect of the story is the fact that you didn't always love running. So, so what's the story behind that, and how did you end up getting into running at the age of 13 years old? Yeah, I think this is a story probably a lot of people can relate to, um, where like I grew up loving baseball, basketball, and football. Um, the problem was I was five foot tall and a hundred pounds when I was going into high school. So I was <laughs> tiny. And, uh, so you can imagine trying to throw the ball past people from the pitching mound when you're a hundred pounds is not an easy task. And, um, I remember I was going down to a basketball game. I was 13 years old, and this was in eighth grade. And we were going down uh, past the lake in my hometown in Big Bear and just looking out over the lake and just feeling like, even though I hated to run, like feeling this like source of inspiration. That Like it's easy for me to look back now and be like, that was totally God, like planting a seed of inspiration in me. But at the time, just almost felt like a daydream, you know, mm. and of like, man, what would it be like to try and like run around the lake? Um, 15 miles around the lake and you know I had done some like fun runs with my dad and um, been around running a little bit because my dad was into it my sister ran track her freshman year in high school but you really had no interest to run at all and uh, but there's something about that moment that just kind of captured me and it's crazy for me to reflect back on that now um, because you know when we make these little tiny choices we're 13 years old and you think like well like how big of a difference is this going to make in my life? But actually like choosing to act on that, that moment, that seed of inspiration that I got from God totally changed the trajectory of my life, totally changed my passions. I went from hating to run to going out for this run and just suffering. It was super hard. It wasn't like I just went out and ran. It was just like supernatural. And I felt great the whole time. It's like, I was, I was hurting so bad. It was like one of the hardest runs I've ever done, wow. but that was the moment where God kind of captured me. He's like, this is what I have for you. And I felt like he was telling me after that run that uh, he'd give me a gift to run with the best guys in the world, but he gave me that gift so I could help other people. And uh, then, you know, I embarked, that was the beginning. That was the vision, the launching point of my entire story and, and my passion with running that would last the next 20 years. 
Oh, man, that's incredible. So at this point, though, in your life, what was your your faith like? Because as a 13-year-old, to get this kind of revelation and, and vision uh, is, you know, pretty remarkable. So, so, so where were you at kind of in that, in that faith journey? Yeah, you know, I was super blessed to grow up in a Christian home and going to church and stuff, but I wouldn't say my faith was super important to me. I'd say sports were more important to me than, yeah. than knowing God. And so, you know, that's why my running has always been really closely linked to my faith because they both kind of grew together. There's mm-hmm. like two vines that were interwoven with each other. So like it was God who got me into running. And then as I went through my running journey, it was just experiencing him over and over and over again and just growing in my relationship with him as I was also growing in my running ability and in my running career. Um, so, you know, I wasn't like super spiritual when I was 13. Uh, I would read my Bible like a chapter a day is what I try and do and, you know, say a prayer now and again. But I wouldn't say I was, you know, trying to have conversations with God. And uh, that that really changed when I started to run. And it put me in a position of um, being more dependent on God. Like I remember one of the first things that happened when I started pursuing running is I lost all my friends because in Big Bear, there was no track team at the high school. There's no cross country team, like no kids at high school were running. So when I started running, like there was no one else doing it. My dad actually started a a program, a tracking cross country program, just so that I would be able to compete. And so I remember, you know, walking through the, the quad one day and just being super lonely. I was going into my dad's class to eat lunch with him because I had like no friends, like zero, which was different for me. You know, I'd always been kind of hanging out with the cool crowd and the kids who were playing baseball, basketball, and football. And now here I was just kind of lonely. I remember saying a prayer to God in that moment, just being like, God, like I feel really lonely. Like I need to have friendship with you. I need to experience you. I need to have someone to talk to, you know? And, you know, he met me in that moment and it wasn't any, you know, like bright light from heaven or audible voice or anything like that, but it was just, just a, a, I'd say a a calm peace that kind of came over me and um, has always been a part of how I experience God now. Wow. Well, so that's a, kind of a fascinating topic that this concept of of loneliness and running can be a very lonely sport first off that which which you experienced but but I think all of us can relate to to some level of loneliness and then I would even take it a step further those that really pursue a dream find themselves lonely at times because others don't understand you know, what they're pursuing or why they're pursuing it. So at this stage of your life, as you look back on your, on your journey, what would you say to kind of that, that mindset of, of loneliness and dreams and, and where God kind of meets you in, in those situations? Yeah, that's a great point. I think for myself, like God had to almost like rid me of the people that I was surrounding myself with prior to running, because if I were to continue to surround myself with those same, like, quote unquote, cool kids that, you know, were going to parties and kind of going down that road, um, you know, my my life would have looked very different. So it was almost like I started, I answered the call, I started pursuing something. And then God had to kind of strip away the fat that didn't need to be there, so to say, and replace it with the people around me that um, were going to aid me on my journey rather than people who were going to, um, 
come in with a, a different mindset, different attitude that would deter me from getting to my maximum potential. Because one of the things I learned years later, as I left the Mammoth Track Club as a pro runner, I was running professionally um, with the Mammoth Track Club for a number of years and had really good success and you know nothing but good things to say about my coach and teammates and all that. It was just like amazing. Um, but I felt like uh, in that season, like I needed something to be desperate for God for. Um, I was, you know, always so inspired about, you know, these stories you hear of, of like being in Africa or developing countries where people are, you know, hungry and starving and, and battling illness. And they are so desperate to hear God's voice and for God to show up and answer them. And I was kind of like jealous about that. I'm like, I want to position myself in such a way that I'm also desperate to hear God's voice. So I did that by going out on uh, what I call faith-based training and where I left the team and uh, just started trying to apply all the principles in the Bible and my faith um, in things that I thought I was hearing from God through prayer and just applying that on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, during that time, I felt like maybe I would, you know, obviously I was going to be away from my teammates, my coach, and I thought it might be kind of like a lonely journey, but it's actually exactly the opposite where God just surrounded me with like different specialists and different areas that came alongside me and, and really helped me during that time. So, you know, I don't think the Christian journey is meant to be a lone man journey. I think if we're going to get to our full potential in anything, um, it's going to require community around us. No question. I'm a big believer in that. And, and like you said earlier, it's just the, it's the right community, the right people uh, around us. And and I think, too, when you when you talk about being lonely, being quiet or just, you know, the, the time alone, you're actually able to hear God's voice. And, and I think oftentimes, you know, just in the busyness, crazy world that we live in, a lot of people, you know, think, Oh, I can't hear God's voice or or when they hear others say that, yeah, God told me this or I felt a calling that that it sounds ridiculous because somebody doesn't understand what that looks like. Again, going back to the busyness, the craziness of, of life. And so here you are as a, a 13 year old and really feel like God's changing the trajectory of your life, speaking to you, giving you this vision, giving you this calling. And so since then, and even looking back at that moment, what is your perspective on that and and maybe even the the criticism or the the questioning that people have about callings what 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 do you say to them yeah well firstly just to talk about like trying to hear god's voice um that has been a journey that i'm continuing to be on but um is certainly a big part of my story from that time when i was 13 all the way up until the the present and uh what i kind of found with hearing god is um there's you're right like getting away from distractions getting in quietness definitely helps to hear god's voice but i would take that even a step further and say like if you really want to hear god's voice like go physically exhaust yourself mm. in that quietness you know like like don't listen to music don't be talking to other people like literally like go out into the forest and whatever you like to do mountain bike climb run whatever it might be like there's something about like physically exhausting yourself at least this is my own personal experience um that allows me to hear god's voice a lot better so um that would be what i'd kind of start out with in terms of hearing god's voice and then uh and then i think secondly what's what I learned an important part of my journey in trying to hear God's voice was being okay with the reality that 
it's not perfect. And so like, for example, I thought about this a lot um, when I was going out on the faith-based coaching, because I was like, am I hearing this from God? Am I not? Like I was kind of wishy-washy all the time about things and things that I needed to be, have a firm answer on, like, what am I going to do for my training today? And like, part of me was like, did I hear this or did I hear that? And it, it wasn't always super clear, you know, but I kind of learned to be okay with like, knowing the process wasn't going to be perfect. So when an infant is learning English or whatever language they're brought up in, you know, they're babbling away for, I don't know, I've never had an infant, so I don't know how long the time period is, but, you know, for months and months on end without making any sense at all. And the communication is very limited and not very good at all, but it's through that failure, through that babbling, through that trying to figure it out, through the struggle that, they do finally end up learning English. So trying to hear God's voice for me has been a very similar process to where it's, it's like trying to learn a new language. And, um, for early on, I felt like I was kind of babbling and getting it wrong a lot, but I learned to be okay with that and be like, that is, that is part of the process of, of learning quote unquote, a new language. And really, yeah, as we, as we seek him, He'll make it clear. It'll become more and more clear to us, and, and that voice will start to to really understand and how to discern between the different things that we feel like we're hearing and, and things that we're seeing as, as potential opportunities and, and all that sort of thing. So that's, that's good insight, man. I appreciate that. Ryan Hall, our guest right now on Unpacking It, and he's, he's written a new book called Run the Mile You're In, and, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but I want to go back to your Olympic experience, and you know it's such a, a a special opportunity for somebody to to not only go to one Olympics, but but you went to two, uh, dealt with an injury on the on the second one, and so when did the Olympics become the goal? And and as you look back now on the accomplishments, but but also the process, what what are the things that that come to mind and? and really that you cherish about that? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was never surprised. Um, but when I started getting results, especially after graduating from Stanford and starting to run professionally and running 59 minutes in the half marathon, um, which at the time put me in the top, I think 10 performers of all time for the half marathon in the world. So when I started, those things started happening. me, I, not to be like arrogant or, um, or anything, but I, I, I wasn't surprised by those things because I felt like when I was 13, like God was telling me I was going to run with the best guys in the world. And so I think that really speaks to like, what do we believe about ourselves in our deepest core? You know, like what is, what do we believe is possible? Cause I just always expected that to happen. And so I train that way. I live my life that way. I was disciplined as if I were a world-class runner, even though I wasn't, you know, many of those early years, the first 10 years of my running, I wasn't a world-class runner, but I was acting and conducting myself like one because that's how I saw myself. Mm, and so I think cool. that's so important for all of us. Like, like how do you see yourself every day? And I, it's something I continue to work on. You know, it's not a one-time revelation. Like I look on my phone and I have a picture of a cat uh, this is the screensaver a cat and he's looking at a mirror and in the mirror he sees a lion and like that's just my constant reminder like what am I seeing when I look in the mirror so yeah I'm kind of got lost on the rabbit trail there yeah no that's uh, good. Olympics the Olympics we were talking about yeah um so and I think a lot of people can relate to this as well so you know as a kid as 13 year old 
wanting to always go to the Olympics and then finally achieving that was just like such an amazing experience. But I also wanted to have my best day ever at the Olympics in both Beijing and London, both those days. I was like, man, if I could have one day where like, I'm just at my best, like I want it to be today. And I wasn't, you know, I would have loved to obviously getting a medal, winning all that was like extremely exciting, but I was more concerned with excellence and being at my very best. And that's really what my heart was longing for on those days. But, um, you know, my experience was that is sometimes as hard as you try, as much as you try and, um, take care of your body, do everything right to prepare for one moment when you want to be on, like, sometimes the reality is like, you're just not on. <laughs> and, mm. and I don't, I, still can't tell you why, you know, I have some, some ideas, but I don't know for sure, like why I was quote unquote off, you know, at the Beijing Olympics. Like I just wasn't the best version of myself mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Um, but the cool thing about faith and knowing God and doing sports with God is even when you're off, there's always something to be gained from that experience. And like God still has something good. He a gift he wants to give you in every single race or competition that you may do. So like, for example, for me in the Olympics um, in Beijing, I was starting to pout. This was like halfway through the race, you know, and like praying, but really kind of pouting to God, you know, yeah, and being yeah. like, what? this is not what I wanted to happen. Being so frustrated, not knowing what's going on, you know, back in like 60th place. And I can't even see the leaders and I wanted to be on the podium and uh, just complaining to God in that moment. And I felt like he was telling me, like, I want you to start encouraging other people around you. And that was the last thing I felt like doing, you oh, know, man. like throwing a self pity party. But I, but I've learned that like when God tells me to do something, when I obey it, it ends up being good for me. So I've learned to, to try and, and listen, listen to that voice and then obey that voice. So I started doing that. Um, just every guy I'd catch, I'd just be like, Hey man, good job. Doing great. Let's work together. Try and catch the next group or whatnot. Just like a couple words, you know, but it's amazing how that changed my own experience in that race. And I went from being so internal and aware of my own pain and my own suffering, my own disappointment. And then when I started encouraging other people, I got outside of myself and I was able to relax and just kind of find my flow state again and start to perform better, you know? So it was actually like a performance enhancing thing to encourage other people while you're out there. So, you know, it didn't like completely change my day. I didn't end up winning the race or getting on the podium, but I ended up finishing 10th, which was a lot better than, you know, where I was halfway into that race. Oh, that's um, but that's just kind of one example of, you know, like God always has a life lesson. I think that he wants to teach us in every single competition that we're doing. Amen. That's a strong word from Ryan Hall and, and Ryan talking about the, the first Olympics, you went back then in in 2012 uh in london but you ended up having an injury and so let us in on kind of the the, the mindset and what you went through during that that time and, and and the decision to to drop out yeah that was a you know definitely the hardest moment in my career was deciding to drop out of the olympic marathon um I'd never dropped out of a race in my life. And oh, I kind of just always had that idea in my head that you just, you don't stop. You never quit, you know? And, and there's some things that are good about that mindset. But as I was kind of praying and talking to God, 
this is about 10 K into the race at the London Olympics. And I was starting to feel upper hamstring, just really grabbing. I was noticing my stride was changing. I was starting to limp a little bit and I didn't want to drop out. Like I was, I remember talking to something like, you know, if you want me to be that guy who like, it comes into the stadium an hour after the winner and gets the pity clap from the crowd, you know, like I'll be that guy if you mm. want me to, like, that's what you're calling me to do. But I really felt like he was telling me, you know, you need to like live to fight another battle another day. And so it, it just kind of gave me the peace I needed to let go and trust that God's good. And even though like, I don't know why this is happening or I don't understand, my circumstances i'm not exactly excited about what's going on i can always fall back on that trust that like god is a good father and he's always got good things for me and i felt like in that moment he was telling me you know it's better to lose with me than to win without me Mm. and i felt like he was just reminding me like that jesus knowing god like that is the prize like in all like trueness like we can't experience anything greater than that. Not winning Olympic gold medal, not setting American records. Like there is nothing better than that. And, but sometimes we have to, I know for myself, I have to remind myself of that because I lose that perspective. I, it's easy to forget the power of the gift of Jesus' blood for us and how that changes our relationship with God. So that was kind of one of those moments where God kind of pulled me back and been like, listen, you have me like, there's nothing more to be gained than that. Like, trust me, trust that I'm good. And let's, let's go and fight another battle another day. Gosh, what a great perspective from Ryan Hall. And, and along those lines, I, I know one of your kind of themes and what you want people to, to get out of your, your book is this concept of running the race of life as though we've already won. And, and so in hearing what you just said, I, I assume that that kind of summarizes that. What, what else would you say in just kind of that, that phrasing of running the, the race of life as though we've already won? Yeah, like that's just what I want to see um, Christians experience in sport. Like I think that's such a powerful reality that like what I was talking about, like we can't achieve anything better than what we already have. Mm. And the more you grasp onto that reality and realize that reality, just the more it frees you up to like take risks, take chances and not be burdened by all these like performance expectations and all these other pressures and just all the, all the junk in sport that weighs us down as athletes, it can all be removed if we just realize, Hey, I already won. And I talk about this in my book towards the end. I believe it's the last chapter. Um, I write about the most recent Winter Olympic Games and how um, Chloe, Chloe Kim, I think was her name, the uh, women's halfpipe gold medalist. Mm. She'd already won. She's standing at the top of the run. She has one run left, but she knows she already won the gold medal. Like it's already locked up, you know, and think about like how free she must have felt in that moment being like, man, I'm just going to go have fun and I'm just going to whatever happens happens, but I'm going to go try and light this up and, and see, you know, like I have nothing to lose. And, you know, she went on to like score an incredible run. I forget what her score was and do all these crazy maneuvers and, uh, and have an even better score than she would have had, had she not had that last run. So that was just such a great illustration for me of like how we should as Christians approach sport, the freeness that we should feel on the starting line or in the batter's box in baseball or shooting the basketball. Like if we can really 
grasp that reality that there's nothing more to be gained. Um, it'll just free us. It'll free us and we'll be able to compete fearlessly and with passion and, and to really enjoy sports the way that I believe God intended them to be enjoyed. Amen. It it translates to to life and it's powerful when it when it's lived out in in sports as well. Uh man, really really good stuff. And and so the the book is called Run the Mile You're In: Finding God in Every Step. Yeah. I always knew I wanted to write a book to just kind of like share my story with the world because I feel like God just taught me so much through it. And I was like, man, if I can encourage just one person with, with my journey, like I want to share that, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's really the goal and the purpose in writing the book is just being like, man, I hope people can find a couple nuggets in here that just really encourages them on their own, their own journey. And I kind of got to the point where I, I went full circle with my running career. Um, and, you know, it started with a 15 mile run around the lake. It ended with seven marathons on seven continents in seven days, which was even more of an epic challenge, yeah. as you can imagine, than that first 15 mile run. And it just brought such great closure to that season of my life. And it allowed me to kind of move into this next season of my life, which is more about um, how can I encourage other people? How can I love other people? How can I help other people on their journey to reach their highest potential. So then, you know, that's what I'm doing now with the writing and the speaking. I also coach um, as well. I do some online coaching. I coach some athletes in person as well. And that's, you know, that's kind of what I burn for now. Amen. The book, Run the Mile You're In, Finding God in Every Step. He's Ryan Hall. The website, ryanandsarahhall.com. You can find more information about the book and everything that Ryan's up to uh, now and, and him and his wife and man Ryan really appreciate you joining me today and just uh, love the insight and and all that God's done in your life and it's, it's been an incredible journey to, to hear about and I know you'll you'll continue to be an inspiration and an encourager to, to so many people so so really appreciate you being a part of things today yeah thanks for having me on Bryce I, I appreciate you letting me share my story with your audience absolutely check out ryanandsarahhall.com for more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackinit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpackinit Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackinit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week. 